0: Welcome to Ecclesia Principles, a biblical strategy for believers to engage in God's design for government with Ray Eppard. Hello, glad you could join us again today. We're going to continue this week talking about the stumbling blocks to engagement especially Christians, <laughs> just don't seem to engage uh, like they should uh, in, in, in the culture, uh, in determining the course and direction of things. And there are a number of things that people have in their mind that keep them from engaging. And ultimately, God does want us to engage. But today, I, I want to look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, And we're going to look at verse 17. I'll give you a little bit of background to this passage. But I have heard this phrase used so many times in prayer uh, by a lot of people that I have come to see that it is actually shaping people's uh, idea of what is going to happen and what. Should happen, and it is a roadblock if you would. Now, the story here: the king of Syria had come up against Israel, and Jehoshaphat, uh, who was king of Israel at that time, uh, was concerned, and he called a time of prayer and fasting. Uh, The people came together, and uh, and the Holy Spirit came upon one of the people, and he gave a prophecy, and. Part of that prophecy is in verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Now, the thing that seems to be to me, a stumbling block of engagement is that there is this idea that if we pray sufficiently, like they did here uh, in this situation with Jehoshaphat, if they pray sufficiently and they hear from God sufficiently, then this will be the result. You will not need to fight in this battle. If you would, the idea is from so many Christians is is that God is going to take care of it. And this passage of scripture seems to be the rallying point for that mindset. You will not need to fight. You'll not need to fight. Position yourselves, stand still and see. All we're supposed to do is watch. We'll just watch what God does. And at that point, here's the thing. (laughs) In all honesty, most people would tell you that you cannot build a, a doctrine or an approach to any subject based off of one scripture. If you would, this is probably... There's one other time that you can look and see that Israel didn't really fight to a degree. There was instructions given that did not deal with fighting. Now, God moved on their behalf some other times, but he never told them. The phrase, you will not need to fight, really isn't used in any other battle. At that point, we're talking about one scripture, one situation, where God said, "You will not need to fight." What was King David known for? What was what was he known for? He, you know, while uh, King um, Saul was still the king, one of the problems uh, that was going on uh, with David was that the people were singing Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his ten thousands. You see, at that point, the overwhelming majority of the time, God's people had to fight. God's people had to engage in what was happening to change it. If you would, let's start with David's first battle, the battle against Goliath. You know, the, the uh, Philistines' champion came out every day and challenged them. And King Saul, who was head and shoulders, the Bible tells us, above everyone else in Israel. If you read that passage in 1 Samuel 17, you'll see that Goliath's challenge was really the King Saul to a large extent. Because if you would, in Israel, Saul was their giant, hidden shoulders above everybody. But he's camped out in the back of the camp and waiting on somebody. And then when David comes along, and he was potentially about 15 years old, and he says, while well, fighting, King Saul, the big man, he says, here, try my armor and he was going to send David out with his armor. And then when David said, Now, this, I, I don't know how to use this. He still let him go on his own, and he stayed in the back of the camp. Saul was not the brave fighter, the warrior. That's why he only killed his thousands. David killed his tens of thousands. You see, David was a warrior. Matter of fact, that was the reason that God told him that he would not be the one to build the temple because he was a man of blood, if you would. S-S-S- David had his mighty men. His, his, he had his main three, and then he had another 30. And, and the accomplishments that they had. And, and if you read through their stories, all those stories were about battles. Battles that they fought and they won. But it seems like today we only want to pull out the one you will not need to fight in this battle. We won't need to do anything. We won't need to engage in this. All we will need to do is pray, and God will take care of it. Oh, hallelujah. Well, that's really not the teaching of the Bible. That is pulling out a unique example that God did do, but it is not how God led them typically. They had to engage the enemy. If you would, going back to the story of David and Goliath, when Goliath came out and he challenged the Israelites daily. Listen, I want to tell you something. Our society... There are people in our society that are challenging the people of faith every day. They are basically putting out the challenge that our God is nothing, that our faith means nothing. It has no place in our society. And we are very often, like King Saul, We're hiding in the back, praying that somebody does something. And we're praying that we'll not have to win, excuse me, that we'll not have to fight in this battle. No, typically we're going to have to engage. Things will not change unless we engage. And the thing of it is, and we're going to talk about some of this this week, where It is actually the biblical teaching that God really wants us to engage. You see, with this, let me use another example. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, where God told Adam to tend and keep the garden. Some modern translations put it to cultivate and protect the garden. Now, when the serpent came, and he was talking to Eve, Adam was standing there with her. He heard the whole conversation. Now understand, Eve was not present when God told Adam to tend and keep the garden. That was a command given to Adam. Now Eve was responsible for it as well. But it was incumbent upon him to communicate that to her in that particular situation. But what did Adam do? If you would, to tie in what we're talking about here, he was hoping he wouldn't have to fight. He was hoping that he wouldn't have to engage in the situation. And then finally, when Eve took a bite of it and then she handed it to her husband with her, he ate it too. He stayed back, and he did nothing. And that is largely what the church is doing today. It is staying back and doing nothing. We preach about how Adam should have taken care of the serpent. We preach about how Adam should have stopped what was going on. Well, the bottom line is, is if we're going to preach that, then we also need to preach that we should be doing something in our culture today. We should not be standing back, doing nothing, watching what's happening, and seeing things go further downhill day after day. We have to engage, and we've got to get over these stumbling blocks to engagement. If you would, here's the proper approach. You need, based on the... (laughs) The empirical evidence of scripture. In other words, when you look at it as a whole, God told his people to engage. They had to drive out the inhabitants of the promised land. They had to engage in that. God helped them, but they had to do it. If you would, it is our responsibility to engage our culture advance the kingdom of God as we can, put our efforts into it. And if there are moments in time that God tells us that we won't need to fight, then we don't fight in that situation. We listen to him. But if you would, we can't make that a doctrine. We can't make that our approach because it it doesn't stand the test. Scripture over and over again God told his people to engage. He told them he would be with them in the battle And, and we're not talking about a physical battle here but we are talking about engaging to change the culture. It is our responsibility to engage in culture. It is our responsibility to Cultivate and protect the culture that our children and our grandchildren come into. That is a part of our stewardship. Just like it was a part of Adam's stewardship to cultivate and protect that garden. We have that responsibility. And the thing of it is, oh, it feels good. Oh, we won't have to fight. Oh, hallelujah. We won't have to fight. That can feel good, but that's why we keep losing. That's why we keep losing ground. We have to engage. God bless you. See you tomorrow.